0: Fabulous to see you all here. Had such a just crowd. Surprised. To see you all again. Yeah. My next guest is an up-and-coming artist from Charlotte, North Carolina. He is currently attending Howard University to study neuroscience. He has gained recognition for his album with The Sun Talk and his feature with Earl Sweatshirt. His new project, The End of the Earth, is out now, introducing... Mavi. I
1: put the effort in still run effigy Fiji. Odorous, I'm sober, just as little as they let me. Mama, wipe your tears. I'm fighting titans. Can't invite you here. Poetic license fearing from the mic, my chest too tight to steer. Chest less is blood, letting flood when the night is clear. I ain't give a fuck. Till my lungs had to fight for it. Glaring staring on therapist, had a life this best me by the eye. Said I'ma fight whether I like or not. And then she told me reasons why, but that's the private part Birth the midnight light, killed the driving me to tight And not my game, stop but if I name dropped you, you still got my heart Driving off, squeezing off the E-brake These days, I can't talk to God, it's for my knees sake Long conversations to be had Wrong places, wrong times, and strong patience, I'm a sad Soul waited. don't mistake expatiations for some sadness, strong face, a long race I'm unafraid to come and last Quarter tank, and ounce of gas, and I'm trying. And it's
0: just because I Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only.
1: It's Mavi. How's it Hell going? Yeah. Thank you for having me, man. It's a great morning. It's a great day to have a great chat. I'm
0: for sure, excited. bro. <laughs> it's um it's, this is weird, but, like, for me, it's been difficult to truly connect with people like my age because, like, we were talking before, like, everyone I know is honestly, like, off in college and stuff. So to actually see someone that's getting the success they've already been seeing at the same age as me, that's it's, it's honestly inspiring for myself.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I don't know, though. I feel like, I feel the same way, though, to where a lot of people, like, all of my friends are really, like, really hitting their stride in their personal development hmm. and, like, becoming what they always wanted to become. And that's been the best part of, like, seeing my friends grow up and shit. Like, this age is really exciting for that reason, for sure.
0: When, when I've been, like, talking to my friends when they come back from college, it just seems like they're fucking partying and stuff. I'm like, what? I've been ex- doing all this stuff, and you guys are just having a good time blowing your money or your parents' money. <laughs> you <can laughs> having a good time, time in college. Too, bro.
1: Party? I know. That's it. <laughs> party a day they're free but goddamn um yeah it is it is a lot of that shit but it's a it's a lot of, it's a lot of because it's the social sphere like yeah. it's all about your interaction with other people so like of course people some people just go do that to just jumping around drunkly. but it's a lot going on
0: wouldn't you say that some people feel that once you go to college you're like you're stuck in this mindset, like, pe- like the teachers, the professors, whatever, like are forcing you into this one mindset. And I, I, from what I feel, I feel like sometimes like all these college kids are thinking the same way, whether it's about being woke or like, I have friends that this is not a bad thing to say, for but like people are like starting to use like their he's, she's they's, them's all this like woke shit that me and people that I'm associated with artists where are like, what the fuck does any of this mean? You know, I, have you been dealing with I, any I of think, that in college? I think
1: that comes from, um, like, at college. I will say this: especially going to an HBCU, you meet all to, all types of people that you never—not that you never would have meet, but that you haven't met before. Either, just because the concentration of people that's grouped, age with age range wise, so your social milieu, just your access to types of people, increase. um, depending on what kind of college you go to. And I think that's a real, like, uh, it's a real available learning opportunity for, like, understanding the, like, issues that may not affect you in your everyday life, but that you still might play a different role in. So I think for that reason, that's one reason why people come home knowing more things about, like, you know, gender identity, pronouns, stuff like that. And then also because... Like, people have groupings based on academic movements or thought systems that they, like, fuck with, which is not something you see so much in, you know what I'm saying? Your regular everyday friend group. Like, my friend group, they don't have no kind of singular religious identity. We don't all think the same things will work politically for black people, for the country, for the world, whatever. But in college, that striation really allows you to find people Based on your agreements, you know, so that's one of the help. It's, it it could be helpful and it could be harmful, but in my experience, it's been really helpful and just like because learning from your peers is is one of the best ways to do it.
0: Makes sense. So, For what sure. made you decide? What made you decide to go to HBCU?
1: I ain't really. It wasn't even really no decision. Like, it was like I was raised around black people. Um, I went to school with black people my entire life. And I just didn't feel like at 18, where my mind was, what my needs were for my people, from my education, from the city that I moved to, I didn't see it being any easier or any more fruitful if I did it in a deliberately white space. While right. I still right. had the choice otherwise, so like I didn't even apply to any PWIs. Um, yeah. What does PWI I did, I, I, mean? Huh?
0: <laughs> what is what does PWI mean?
1: Predominantly white institution. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, so I ain't applied to none of them, and I also like that distinction more than just HBCU because yeah, let's let's call them what they are. But um, yeah, I applied to like not HBCUs. I applied. To FAMU, Morehouse, Howard, um, Norfolk, Winston Salem, Johnson C. Smith. I applied to a lot of HBCUs and they gave me a lot of funding. Claflin, South Carolina State. Like a lot of these smaller HBCUs gave me full rides and stuff. Wow. I ended up using Howard because I wanted to move to like kind of a large city because of my like arts passions and because like DC has really good like black culture that's well preserved. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that.
0: Have you been able to into like the music scene
1: there? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's been a lot of fun. That's been one of the main reasons why I'm excited to get back to D.C. Once school will go back in person. Um, definitely tapped in with the music scene. And in the DMV, not just D.C. alone, but like an entire DMV, it's like this wave sweeping and like really high quality and really high intensity and high uniqueness. DIY art coming out um, and just being in that space is, oh, has been super 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 inspiring
0: and you're on you're on spring break right now
1: nah nah I'm not ah. we, I'm in class like we just got back from spring break like last week so oh, I just be true. jigging like I be trying to make it where I have a good time and I'm doing a reasonable amount of rap shit while, while I'm in school especially while I'm on this online shit
0: yeah uh, but yeah Dude, that must be super helpful for your, like, your rap career then. If everything's, like, virtual, you can basically do whatever you want, wherever.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely not having to physically go to class. It takes a time constraint off. But it is an obstacle in terms of focusing. Like, I'm a real believer in active listening. And that's one of my main, like, love languages. And it's one of my main, like, advantages to learning that I can give myself, which is just by. being present and it'd be tougher to be present when your class is just one at one tab on your google chrome app you know what i'm saying <laughs>
0: yeah wow and so when you were applying for these colleges did you mention like in your whatever the college letter you the to write that you were a rapper or anything like that like did that help out getting to college uh-uh. at all
1: Uh uh-uh, no i never really did nothing like that i never wow. really did. and even at my school well, I would say from the artistic community and from the student body at my school, I received so much support. Like, I cannot overstate how much support I got. But as far as institutionally, where, like, like, the school has just be, be accommodated of the fact that I had this extraneous career and stuff, that ain't really happened that much. Um, wow. I don't really expect it to, because my goal for being at how we're in class is not its not necessarily
0: related to rap, you know? Right. Yeah, get into that. I, I was listening to a previous interview. You were doing, like, something with, like, neuroscience or something like that? Yeah.
1: So I'm a bio major and a psych minor, and I chose that because I'm into neuro. And I really want to, like, continue doing neuro stuff, like in higher ed. Because neuro basically explores, like, the biological precepts to – like the conditions, emotions, experiences, feelings, and like perception that we feel, you know what I'm saying? It basically tries to be as one-to-one as possible, locating like neural nuclei with certain behavioral patterns with certain transmission patterns and communication patterns occur. And so it's really cool, it's kind of like, it, it it feel like working a circuit board of the brain, and wow. then checking your work with like, you know, the experiential observation.
0: And did you choose this because it would help with your rap career, or do, you, or do you think of your rap career as a side thing and like you have an other no, business? Like my,
1: my rap career is my main thing. It's mm-hmm. mine, but I, that's not my only thing. Like correct, I would never, I would never, and especially because of what rap. Not that I'm not gonna take the anti-intellectual stance that rap ain't stimulating or rap ain't exciting or rap ain't it don't got no fucking, you know, it don't have no educational component to it. But it's certain ways that like my develop my investment into myself as an individual gotta go beyond what like music will even do for me, you know?
0: Right. So what we're what were you in like your place in life when you were in, like in high school? What decided? What made you decide to like start majoring in this stuff? Because you have to decide uh, before you go to college what you want to do. I'm guessing.
1: I was just reading a lot, especially like my 11th grade year. I got really into like philosophy and stuff, and so I really got into like this hunt for understanding consciousness, which is like one of the most contentious like philosophical things. And I the only like Like, what I realized going through these philosophical theories of consciousness is, like, it's so much refutation of, like, thought toward consciousness from the old days by modern era, Um, like, about how people thought our mind existed. A lot of that has been debunked relatively recently, like, in the last 40 years or so. And so just being on the cutting edge of, like, So, what are we saying consciousness is this year? That's what I was really
0: interested in. Are you into are you into like AI stuff then?
1: A little bit, a little bit. Machine learning is really interesting to me. But and and machine learning is definitely like one of the major intersections of like neuro, modern neuro. But I'm not so interested in it only from the perspective of. You know, my mom's a nurse too. So my interest in biology, it kind of got a clinical little like tilt to it too. And also like I have mental health history like on my in my family. So I also just want a greater understanding of like, why do we feel the way we do? You know what I'm saying? And if there are biological like predispositions to feel in certain ways, how can we mitigate that with our life experience? Another part of neuro is neuroplasticity, but which is basically your brain changes based on your experience. That's what right. learning is. Um, and so just reverse engineering that learn by experience relationships so we can understand how to make certain people who born with certain genetic predispositions have a better life. That's what I'm interested in.
0: Are you talking like, med- like from physical and men- mental? Like f- mentally you can be talking about like, Depression, right, and I, and I mean, I mean and
1: susceptibility then... to, um, to substance abuse, addiction. I mean wow. bipolarity, I mean extreme depression, anxiety, because these are all things... And also there's like a biological component too, because epigenetics tells you that like your life experiences has impact on your gene regulation on a cellular level. So certain things... We as black people are afflicted with differently than you know what I'm saying, anybody else in the society. It's our experiences are that unique. Um, and so that's why I think it's a real pressing issue for us, because we have just we have such a complicated relationship with trauma. It needs to be interrogated.
0: So when people look at what like what you're researching and like studying do you think this also like affects third world countries or is this something that like more affects first world problems and people that we have, we have enough resources and stuff to actually focus on this. Or is like when people do this research, are they also looking at how this can impact third world countries or people and, you know, just different countries in general who are.
1: Even third world and global south is uh, like, it's a, it's useful terms to reference how like, you know, people in the West or people in quote developed countries, heavy quote developed countries um, are complicit in the exploitation of like right. smaller countries by like extraction of their labor and their human resources and unequal pay. However, the case is that in America, the mental health, for example, opioid crisis, the PR behind the opioid crisis is much more benevolent, gentle, and forgiving than it was about crack, even than it was about weed in the 70s. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, whereas we just act like the American uh, pursuit of knowledge it's distributed. Can you, can you, huh?
0: Couldn't you see that as like a race thing? You know, like what was that thing that Dave, It's, a, it's Dave, a race
1: thing and it's also a class thing because that's kind of how the opioid crisis came to develop and where it's developed at. Like, like white people are really suffering in a lot of parts of the United States, like how people who not even living in America are suffering. That's a class issue, you know what I'm saying? And black people are suffering even worse in a lot of those places. So it's, it's deeper than just being in America versus not being in America.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I do recognize that like, you know, the potential environmental stressors Differ from each place to place and that the cultural like bases, or their reactions to their stressors, are different place to place and so it requires like concurrent like historical analysis which will attempt at getting at what's going on up here you know i agree so yeah it is kind of american but like also like i'm kind of american kind, you know <laughs> and my mama is, and my grandmama is, you know? So, like, right. in a certain way, like, yeah, I guess that's a selfish view, but then also, like, it ain't, like, my, my people got no crazy amount of shit to show for it, so, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And is there, like, a certain time of co- in college that you're expecting? Like, is this, like, a major that takes four years, more than four years?
1: Well, shit, I'm in year four right now, but I took some semesters off. So, oh. hopefully, I can be done by, like, if I go in the summer, hopefully I can
0: be done by, like,
1: that, the end of the fall or by spring next year. That just be it.
0: Wow. And this this is all just for, like, to gain knowledge versus using this to get into, like, another career field?
1: Yeah, I don't really need a job. Like Right. That, like, that's a really <laughs> weird thing to say, but it's actually the truth. Like, I don't need a job. Wow. Um, I don't really even particularly want a job. I never did. I never <laughs> see myself wanting a job. Who um, does? So yeah, I, I I think going to college because you want a job is dumb. And like, if you want a job, if you want a well-paying job where you could buy a house and raise a family, you don't need to go to college. If that's what you want, don't even go. Because like, college gonna make you try to get good. College gonna try to train you for all sorts of things that you're not even that interested in or try to shape you on certain images that you're not even trying to play. I went to college because I'm trying to extract some knowledge from what they are trying to teach us, period.
0: Wow. That's dope. I haven't heard that perspective at all. That's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, because, you know, like, my, my great-grand was a plumber. My, my, most of my granddad is a plumber. My daddy's a programmer. Uh, he went to school for philosophy. My mom is a nurse, but she went to two years school for the nurse. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, even where, like, if you're trying to do work that's going to fulfill your life, go do the work that's going to fulfill your life before you go to college. Only certain fields, like, you know, certain types of medicine, engineering, certain things like that require you to go, like, go. And then, like, even the education you receive at college, it's not a replacement for job training. So, it's like, yeah, bro. If you don't really want to go to school, don't go to school. You know what I'm saying?
0: Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So on another, like, consciousness thing, mm-hmm. I've, I've been watching this TV show called Westworld. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of that show. I haven't but, seen it, but i heard of it. So basically, it's like an amusement park where these programmers made these lifelike robots that look like humans and that have some sort of consciousness, but it's not complete. Yeah. And, um, and like the, like, as the show continues, goes on, these robots are starting to gain full consciousness. And the show like deals with what makes a human like a human. So right. my question to you is, do you think it's consciousness that makes a human a human? Because if these robots in the show are gaining consciousness, does that make them a human? They're already lifelike looking.
1: No. Human is a distinction from the other kind of animals that there are that all got their own kind of form of consciousness. Whether you want to say it's primitive or, or less developed, I don't know that that's even for us to say. Because in some respects, like, for example, my dog can't discern every every word in a sentence that I'm telling him. But he can use the tone of my voice to know what I'm saying. And he can smell me driving down the street. So it's like, you know, like I think humanity is a distinction of like our specific skill sets, environment, diet, and life weight versus the other animals that are, because they all have a piece of the same puzzle that we feel we are a complete version of. And furthermore, for all of our assumed like completeness, we ain't happy with this kind of condition. Like humans are kind of long suffering as a species. Um. And come, some of it even comes from how we pedestalize our condition. Like we're the only ones that can think and feel. But I don't know. I think humanity is, yeah, humanity is a subdivision though, based on, you know, very biological factors. And the fact that we all can like, uh, we co-intelligible with each other and we can all fuck each other and have a baby. as what make a human human.
0: But <laughs> anyone can, any animal can have a baby.
1: No, they can't. Any animal cannot have a baby with any other animal. That's literally what a species is.
0: But we're, the human's race is like one species.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what uh, makes a human a human. The fact that a human can uh, fuck a human and have a baby. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that defines the species.
0: <laughs> right. So, so with your rap, is, is your goals after like learning all this stuff to enlighten others in your music or? Yes, in some
1: ways. And like certain things that I want to learn in order to disseminate it in rap is not necessarily what I'm going to school for. But some mm-hmm. of it is, for sure.
0: It's cool that your rap is more, it's, it's almost like, what, what is the reasoning behind when you're making your songs, there's no like hooks in your songs?
1: Sometimes there is, but what's the reasoning behind the hook would be my question sometimes. If I can play, if I can do what the hook do, I need a hook. And I just don't like doing that shit like how everybody else do shit. Like, as a person, I've been that way since I was a boy. How everybody else do shit. And part of it changed from my upbringing. Like, how everybody else do shit, I was not even allow it to or had the stuff to do it like how everybody else did it. At first, then it grew into a place of comfort. So yeah, that's part of it. Another part is like not like hook no huge utility to me as a storyteller or as a writer. Sometimes it is and that's what I use, it, but a lot of times it's not. Mm-hmm. They will might they might become a more utility writer even too, but also the hook is frequently like the most simplistic and like repeated part of the song. And a lot of times that don't be my favorite part of the song to bring like central emphasis to. Like people name the song after the hook. People only remember the hook. I want people to remember the the most important thing I said.
0: Right, but I've I've been told that sometimes hooks are used to like unite people from different cultures. You know, like sometimes those hooks are so catchy that that's how they become like worldwide known songs because of the hooks, yeah. the melody. Yeah,
1: but also, like, I listen to the Isleys, like, like, this is like a, I don't know, it's a loaded term. There ain't really no musical term like that. You could say, like, you could say a nigga like Cardi music is all hooks, or the Isleys music is all hooks, or Stevie Wonder is all hooks, or some Stevie Wonder songs have no hooks. You know what I'm saying? Depending right. on how you look at their writing, they, and they reputa- repetition, they tonality. You could say a four-bar series, and then my song that repeats itself at the beginning and the end is a hook, if you want to, or you might not qualify. Gosh. And you know what I'm saying that those things ref- repetition do exist. And I also think like a lot of the things that unite people around iconic music is an earworm melody. And those can exist, like, whether you have a hook or not, you know?
0: Do you have, like, an... You probably have a big appreciation for, like, freestyles, then.
1: Yeah, I, I like I like when people freestyle. I like that a lot.
0: Are you good at freestyling? Right now? No, not right now. I just added... I'm asking, though, because I did add a... I just added freestyles to the podcast. It's kind of dope. But I don't oh, know okay, if virtually...
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could Yeah, I'll pull up and we can do one in person, probably. I, I don't want to yeah, we'll do one up. in per,
0: virt, virtual. <laughs> doesn't. It, <it's> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can. Do, I'll definitely do up for a you,
1: freestyle. You're out of LA. You can do it. It's nothing.
0: Yeah. So how, how how many places are like in the past few months? You've just been going all over these different music hotspots: DC, Atlanta, New York. So where where do you, where are you calling home right now? Is it Howard? Is yeah. that where you're going to school? Or well,
1: I'm living in well. I got an apartment in Harlem right now, but I'm living in Charlotte. And then when the school year comes back, I'm going back to DC. Basically I was living in DC, going back and forth from DC to Charlotte when I was in college at the first part. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I started going to New York a lot. I started going to LA a lot, like just on rap travel work. Right. right. And then let, let the sun happen. And that sent me all over the country, like Texas, Minnesota, New York, California. Uh, yeah, all types of places. And then um, after that, I moved to New York. Well, after that, I was living in Maryland. And then moved to New York. Then moved, They got an apartment in Charlotte. Lost the apartment in Charlotte. Got an apartment in New York. Still living in Charlotte. Finna go back to D.C. when school starts. So, yeah. I'd I be running and gunning. But it'd be for a reason, like, I don't really go to the city for that reason. Like, and I don't mean that in like, it's just like, oh, when I get down there, I'm finna go da 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 Now I'll be in a different city, cause like I gotta go there in order to do this, 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 that's already expected of me. So, right. Yeah. But that's been fun though. The Atlanta good. has been like one of the first, like unwind city stops that I've taken in a long time. Just linking with people I admire, hearing good music, experiencing new things. So it's been super fun. Super.
0: Wow. So for the audience who might not know like your upbringing, all, tell everyone where you're from originally.
1: Oh, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, my, my, my family is off of South Carolina, like the Columbia area. So they're real like country folks, real good hearted, good cooks. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing interviews. Uh-uh. But, um, <laughs> yeah. My family, they real hospitable. Real great people, like educated people in their way and in the traditional sense as like generations continue. Um, and my people really, I really seen a lot of my family intergenerationally come up in my lifetime. So like, wow. yeah, basically a regular like down south family. Um, Yeah, I moved to Charlotte when I was like a little baby and just stayed up here.
0: And how'd you get a, how'd you originally get into music? Yeah. What'd you say? How'd you originally get into music?
1: By making it.
0: Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. You said like how I get into like making music. Yes. Um. Yeah, you're dumb. (laughs) Nobody like.
0: How many people
1: do you know that's here? Yeah, you're down. Do, that was door lock. Y'all locked it from the inside. I Anyways, yeah. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. No worries. Yeah, how I got into making music was basically I was in a marching band.
0: Oh shit, me uh, too.
1: And I was in the concert band before that. I was in both for the whole time, um, but. When I got into the marching band, just started really enjoying playing music, experiencing music while it's happening, like from like the creative aspect. And what so instrument? And it just suddenly went into writing, you know.
0: What, what what instrument were you there?
1: Uh, trumpet and French horn. Oh,
0: shit, I was a cl- I was a clarinet.
1: Oh, uh, that's that's hard. I, I, the only reason I wish I did clarinet so I could play was now like saxophone and all of that shit, like the reed instruments, those, they mad, instrument, they mad interesting to
0: me. Yeah, for sure. So, I know everyone's touched on it a little bit, but I'm still like, I want to hear like how you and Earl came to be. Because you do, you, of course you guys are different artists, but it doesn't. It definitely seems like you guys complement each other's sound.
1: That's my cousin, but basically I met him through Pink Seafood. Well, I met him through Sage. Well, Sage put him on to me. And he just, he actually introduced himself to me. Like, he just followed me, then he DM me, and then we got on FaceTime, we chatted for a while. Wow. This, this is the day I made Moonfire. And then, um, yeah, I just linked him after a few months in LA. Stayed over there for, like, uh, like a, a week or so, like, like 10 days or something like that. Came back again. Just posted up with him a few times. Made music. Sometimes didn't make music. Just look around that shit, experience LA. He's also just, like, a really good LA historian, LA appreciator, LA aficionado. And, yeah, he just really is a helpful nigga as far as, like... <laughs> understanding this rap shit as a matrix of like competing forces. He really good at pointing out the contradictions and the history of this shit and how it came to be kind of where it is now and who's the best at it. So I can appreciate him. He like, he's like when I whenever I meet any kind of like kindred rap enthusiast spirit on the road, that like can contribute something that I don't know or I haven't heard or that, like I would be excited to hear. And that's the best feeling.
0: Wow. What did he tell you? What about your music like stood out for him to like want to reach out to you?
1: Nah, but one time he was like, um, he was like, he told me, he was like, bro, thank God for you, bro. Because I was getting a little worried. <laughs> 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 wow! Yeah,
0: and how how old were you when you met him?
1: Uh, ever's he, shit couldn't have been twenty one. I might have been nineteen. I met Eric. I really might have wow. been nineteen. Yeah, That's
0: I think insane. I was nineteen. Imagine. Just for like the audience, imagine being nineteen and having like one of the top like well known rappers in the game just reach out to you and say they like your music without you reaching out to them first. That's kinda of insane, dude.
1: But also it's like, you know, in certain ways I was reaching out to him. Not reaching out like, hey, like DMing him or trying to like contact him. But you know, certain ways niggas experiences is just, <laughs> I,
0: I feel that. that. Wow. So your first what was the name of the first project you released? Was it your first project in 2016?
1: It was in, it was on January first, twenty seventeen. It's called Beacon.
0: Got it. And mm-hmm. how old were you? How old were you when you released that? Uh,
1: sixteen.
0: So did you start getting attention from that album or did it take a few years or months for that to gain attention?
1: Um as far as Charlotte goes and like what was meaningful to me. It got attention pretty quick. As far as like getting a few hundred to like a thousand listens over the entire project, like the first few days, a lot of like people reposting and making it their avatar and shit. Like shit that made me feel special when I was young. A lot of people wow. were shocked. So.
0: so what was the what was the first instance that you start like actually, so you were 16, you released this project. When did you start getting like a manager and like a team?
1: Um, recently but I didn't even um, know <laughs> benchmark like it's just a like that ain't that ain't no qualifications at a rapper job like how other things is and like right. yeah but that part is not that big a deal like and that part is super subject to change it's really experimental me going into like this business for a race side of it um just really seeing how I can do it how I can do it the best way and how is it being done
0: So you probably you just you're like a you're a student of rap and you're like understanding this on your own basically you don't really need all these extra resources. Definitely
1: a self taught nigga, and that comes with its benefits and its drawbacks.
0: So when did you when did people start reaching out to you for like features and you started getting buzz online and everything like that? How old were you and like was there a specific song or like moment that you can like?
1: There's different kinds of buzzes like. Okay. First wave of buzz was probably after like Beacon or No Roses, like my senior year of high school into like freshman year of college. And then another wave came when I released the song, um, One Foot. Um, that did a lot for me. A few songs that I released really gained some traction, but like come through with it. One song I had dropped when I was like 16, Ran up like twelve thousand that year. Like different songs doing different amounts of things, but um, definitely it's it was, it's a trickle, you know, and it still is. Like, wow, certain people, like my nigga Mitch, he stayed in his Airbnb out here, and he was like, "Yeah, my Airbnb host lady knows." You. I'm like, "No, she don't. <laughs> no way." i don't bro, i don't believe people like you know me i don't really know like when yeah you know what i'm saying now, i don't really
0: believe nobody listens to my
1: music type shit. that's a weird that's a weird statement but it's true
0: so then what, what are you in rap for then isn't that isn't that one of the goals to make music that well it can't enlighten but the the most simplistic goal is for people to hear your music right
1: I don't know. It used to be that, but not no more. I just want to rap the best.
0: Wow, that's a good goal, though, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just really want to get as like close up on this shit as possible. See all the small details and like be in control of. That's when I would feel like I did what I came to do. Like when I really could, you know, put me against anybody, nigga, like type shit. That's kind of what I'm going for.
0: With your rap, is is do you have any goals of like getting outside of rap when it comes to movies, music videos? Yeah, I'm being. Like
1: a, I'm thinking being like a short film and stuff soon, and like a little prominent role. But oh, wow. that's all experimental. Like, I definitely just want to invest. I said this yesterday, and I want to invest in myself. Like, I want to have an acting coach like a guitar teacher a fucking, you know, all of these things that where I could just pick up new skills that I feel like will enrich my personhood And that make me feel better toward or more equipped toward reacting. by making me more equipped toward my whole life. You know? It's
0: mm-hmm. dope as fuck though, man. It seems, that's kind of a, it's cool that it's been like a, just a compilation, like, of trickling down and more people listening. Some people feel, some people can like recount like a specific day or song that made, like just popped off for them. But maybe it's better that it's over time.
1: Also, like like the pop-up show that I threw in Charlotte, like a lot of people that came there, like went to high school with me and was like, listening to my very first songs ever, just out of pure curiosity. And now they're on some like I'm proud of you shit, but like it's really that people' ability to love and support me grew as I did, you know. And hopefully, I can keep it that way.
0: For sure, mm-hmm. I think you can.
1: But beyond that, it just felt like it didn't feel like anything meteoric or transformative. I kind of feel a lot like the same person, especially now that I've been home for a long time. The only time I really don't feel like myself is. When I'm in New York for too long, or certain other places like, but for the most part, this should never really change in terms of my perception of what I'm doing. It changed my perception of like how I should live my life and what priority I should give to what things. But beyond that, that's it.
0: Do you think it's because like some cities are more like superficial than others? Say one more time. Is it because you think other, some cities are more like superficial than others?
1: Nah, not that it's more so that like in the hustle and bustle like like coming from charlotte it's a certain lifestyle a certain certain pace certain temperature range certain food options that make me feel really comfortable my friends are there and they are a real important like marker for me in terms of like improve myself as a rapper as a man making sure that for my age I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing to grow to certain points and so when I'm away from home a lot of times other people's ideas of success become the dominant narrative wow. just because like, it's different cultures around different places
0: Do you, is like family and community important to you?
1: oh yeah for sure for sure and that's why I try to build it off of love wherever I go whether that be Houston. I was just with my Houston nigga out of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And, like, he's showing mad love, like, because I showed mad love in ways that I didn't... Like, nigga had to sit down yesterday and was like, bro. Like, bro, you just thought you was just talking to these people and having a conversation with them, but you didn't know that that's a big deal to them and that you don't have to do that. And I'm like, that's not no big deal to me. Like, my shit is, bro. Them niggas was showing me all kind of fucking, like... All kind of fucking like warmth and um, what's this shit called? Hospitality, like. That. <laughs> and I definitely like, I like to reciprocate hospitality because that's really how I got here. Like, like my my family not rich, or they definitely was not rich when I was being raised and shit. But they always been extremely hospitable, so where like you you don't feel like it's anything that you can need that's not here. And when people give me that feeling, I like to draw them in really close, show them love, encourage what they're doing, support what they're doing, get involved with what they're doing. And when I do that, people just give it back to me even times 10, and a lot of times I don't be expecting that, but it's it's the best part of operating on love, like just being surrounded by love when you're in spaces that's like about you, you know?
0: For sure. So in the next day or so, I'm interviewing um, London Avery. What can you What can you tell me about him?
1: Oh, that's my guy. London is a he's like he's like a fucking. Len, oh hold on, hold on, hold on. You hear me? Yeah, yeah. London is a he's a multi instrumentalist. He's a writer. He's an engineer, guitarist, saxophonist, drummer, like by ear. Um. As far as like lab, this little thing like that, me, him, OPB, Gosha Guppy are involved in, in New York. I feel like he's our musical North star. Like as far, and he has so much to offer this whole industry as like a, a man that's at an intersection of different cultures. he know a lot about a lot of things about like the whole humanity. He's super inspiring to me. I love London.
0: How'd you get to meet him?
1: Shit, we, we roommates.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's my
1: roommate. Yeah, man. I really do love that man. man too. Like, I'd be wary. Well, not wary. I'd just be kind of hesitant to, like, meet new people sometimes. And, like, he really just gave me the impression that I wasn't, that, I wasn't even meeting no new person. Like, he's somebody you... Your yo, cat, yo, you know, your cousin, damn it!
0: Wow. Yeah, I like. I just saw your um your new music video. That shit was dope. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, that was me and Lone Wolf Zach. Man, he was just like a really, really cool man. Like, and that video was the second of two that we did that weekend, and that one was just like more of a lay, lay back kind of day. The other one was in the studio, like a video studio. With the set and all of this short sort of shit lighting, but this one we had just the 16 millimeter crank camera, and we were like, "Bro, like, let's really just get a chance to chop it up, because like we really ain't even. A lot of times it's art shit, bro, especially when you're working through all kind of middlemen. That's why I say also, me getting a manager and all of this sort of shit, no benchmark for like how stuff started happening or what's happening. A lot of times that should be an impediment. To your ability to understand somebody that you want to work with.
0: Right. The
1: benefit is you don't have to put in the actual uh, legwork and actual human effort to do the communication. But the loss is what the communication might have yielded. So, Thousand Miles Video was just me and Zach just walking from about 125th and Lennox uptown where he was staying in Harlem and where I stay to about downtown, like, uh, Central Park, like, 30. It was really just about, like, us taking the theme of that long walk longest walk ever just through a regular New York beautiful New York weekend winter day like everybody was out that day. It was such a nice day.
0: Yeah that's dope. How long ago was that? Because there was still snow on the ground.
1: Um it wasn't that long ago. It might have been the beginning of February. Oh wow. Yeah it was the beginning of February.
0: <laughs> yeah I like those transitions and shit you guys did it was dope. It was very artistic.
1: Oh yeah he he's he's so Psychedelic, and he has so many tricks up his sleeve as a director, as an editor, as a videographer. Like he really has a lot in his bag, for real. He's one of the most exciting, like, visual artists to me. And he has been at like before we worked. I've I've been a big fan of him for a really long time.
0: Wow. So what are what are your what are your goals for the next few months? Do you have anything dropping? Any, any exciting news? Um.
1: I'm going to try to make another album. I have two albums made, but I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just keep trying to make new music and, and pushing myself. Like I want to transcend. That's my, that's my next medium. Oh, yeah.
0: So, yeah. also, one more thing about Earl. So, because you met Earl, does that mean you know, like, any of the Wolfgang crew, like Tyler or Taco or anyone? Uh,
1: so, I didn't I did try to with Well, no, nah, well. Me and Tyler, we we DM back and forth sometimes, but I never really chopped it with them like that. Um, not really, no no OF people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe age if you say age if counts, yeah. But I haven't really met too much OF people. Not not Cal, but that's really, really. but they all they are cool people for sure.
0: That's true, like really. Cool. That's what I love about hip hop. It's such a like. It's just a huge spider web. It's just a huge community. It's it's dope.
1: It's a it's a family, bro. And and, I, and I'm that's what I like. The thing that I admire about them is that they had that since artistic community where like there's a whole army of like a vanguard of rap. And I'm trying to put that together for myself and my age group and my little uh, milieu. Hell yeah. Well, Mavi,
0: what is some advice? that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers?
1: Um, don't lie. This is number one, don't lie. <laughs> It'll make you better. Um, number two, um, like be patient. Like be patient with yourself, be patient with your resources. And just stay down, you know what I'm saying? Keep your head down. The thing that you know is improving every time you put some effort into it, keep doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's not no like fruit being yielded, no sweet fruit being yielded. It's still something grown. Invest in that growth. Cause like in some year, like over years, bro. that's one of the biggest blessings about being human, our ability to learn and improve our skills with our consistent practice. So, like, stay in your bag for as long as you can. And be comfortable there. Don't fear being there. A lot of people fear, like, improving or looking at their weaknesses as a writer or a rapper or whatever. Look them in their face and, like, run them down. You know what I'm saying? It'll make you feel better, and you'll make music that excites you differently.
0: You know? Hell yeah. Okay, what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Um, What's the what way? Easiest way for people to reach you or oh. find your socials? Yeah, you can DM me at myviewformayor for
1: Mayor on Instagram or Twitter. Both of my DMs are open. Don't let the blue check intimidate you. I do read like a vast majority of what people send me, even if I don't respond sometimes. Um, you get me my email. That's on my Instagram. Uh, myviewformayor for Mayor on everything else. Thanks. But yeah, that's that's how you reach me.
0: There we go. This is the NAS podcast with Molly. There we go. you for having me, man.